Welcome to Prompt Help Podcast. Here at Prompt Help, we're touching on all of the trends and topics relevant today in health and wellness. Each and every week, we chat with health experts in medical, holistic, and allied health and wellness so they may share their wisdom with you. We believe everyone's journey in health and wellness should be personalized for them as one size does not fit all. Make sure you check out PromptHealth.ca to see how we personally are combating some of the inefficiencies within the healthcare system. Without further ado, I'm Heidi and this journey to the healthier you can begin right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Prompt Health Podcast. We believe there is a gap in our medical care where there are so many solutions and practitioners out there offering exactly what we need, but most people might not have the common knowledge that they exist, and it's just difficult to find them. As a result, we often end up seeing someone who someone else suggested based on their need and maybe results in some trial and errors. At Prompt Health, we're creating a network of professionals who can display what they offer and match people based on their individualized needs to these services. We call this a smart referral network where we're taking the guesswork out. As for the agenda today, we talk about disordered eating. We talk about balance in our lifestyle a lot, including our eating pattern. With the prevalence of diet culture all around us, we see and hear about disordered eating. We talk about eating disorder versus disordered eating, some red flags, when to get help, and role of a dietitian in recovery. We had the pleasure to connect with Mary Pierre. She's an anti-diet registered dietitian with a BSc in psychology and the founder of The Balanced Dietitian. She's passionate about helping folks discover how to nourish their bodies without guilt, shame, or restrictions. She strives to provide evidence-based nutrition interventions to all her clients and support them in their recovery journeys. You can spot Mary Pierre on local news, radio stations, and giving presentations to different organizations on nutrition. She's the host of the Balanced Dietitian podcast, where she provides listeners a different approach to nutrition. Now, without further ado, let's get started with Mary Pierre. Hello, Mary. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thank you. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Of course. Yeah, so we had an earlier conversation and I learned more about you and um, I thought your background is very interesting and intriguing as you have a very special niche. Um, so can't wait to learn more about that. But let's start by, um, you know, telling us your story and how you decided uh, to become a registered dietitian and take on this path. Yeah, well, thank you so much. So my journey, um, it's, it's fun my journey, I'm always like, I started university, but there was a life before <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. But let's start with my university journey. I actually started in biochemistry because I love science. I love to understand um, the beginning of all beginnings, <laughs> understanding the why behind everything. Mm -hmm. So I started my journey in biochemistry and 
it didn't take long, like after two years where I saw where the career would lead me, where I was like, okay, no, I'm such a people person. I want to work with people. And that led me into psychology. So from biochemistry, I switched over to psychology where I did my undergrad with an honors thesis, and I absolutely loved it. I come from a really big family, so we are eight in total. So I have seven siblings um, in psychology. Yeah, it's a oh, really wow. big family and psychology <laughs> is always something that interests me a lot. So why we do the things we do, why from the same family, we are all so very different, our perception and our behaviors. So after doing my bachelor's mm-hmm. in psychology, I didn't quite know what I wanted to do. Um, I thought about pursuing psychology as a PhD and becoming a psychologist. Um, I also had other ideas like my parents always wanted me to be a lawyer was maybe something I wanted to do Uh, but I had gotten out of a very abusive relationship and I was just kind of lost at that point Mm -hmm. I actually decided to go into law school um, which was super different from my (laughs) psychology in general Um, Mm -hmm. when I went to law school this is where I developed an eating disorder Um, So while trying to do law school, I was struggling with anorexia nervosa. And at one point I figured out that like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I came back home and started my own recovery process. I was very, very fortunate to one, recognize that I had an eating disorder very early on. Um, It had only been uh, months and a very supportive family who were able to support me within my own recovery from the eating disorder. And Mm -hmm. throughout my recovery, I saw many dietitians and psychologists and the dietitians would not necessarily address like my beliefs around food or how I felt about food um, and my emotions and anything like that. And the psychologist didn't necessarily address food itself. So at that point, I decided to go back to school to do my studies in nutrition um, to kind of fill in that gap. So with my psych- my psychology degree and nutrition, like I really wanted to understand our own emotions behind food and the connection between food and psychology. So I then went back to school to become a registered dietitian. Yeah, so lots oh, wow. of schooling in my in my journey. <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's why you start. Oh, yeah, university. exactly. I'm like, if I were to start when I was like a child, we would never finish. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then after that, I graduated, and I always knew that I wanted to do. Um, I always you knew that I wanted my own practice um, and I really, really wanted to focus on eating disorder recovery and disordered eating. So that is what I did after I graduated, literally the day after I started my practice. Um, I was definitely part-time at the beginning. I was working full-time as a dietitian in the long-term care and starting my private practice. And now I'm full-time as a clinical dietitian working with individuals struggling with eating disorders. Wow, what a journey. Um, so let's talk about that. Uh, what are yeah, eating disorders? Such a great question. So eating disorders are serious mental illnesses that relates to one's relationship to food and their eating behavior. And that interferes with many aspects of their life. So their thoughts, their behaviors, their beliefs, their feelings, body and relationships. 
So eating disorders actually have the highest rate of mortality when it comes to any type of mental disorders. Um, so they are definitely very serious. Um, they are, they have specific diagnostic criteria that's established by the DSM-5 um, and they can only be diagnosed by a physician or a psychiatrist. Um, and within eating disorders, there are different, different, different types. Um, so we have anorexia nervosa, we have bulimia, we have binge eating disorder, we have avoidant and restrictive food intake disorder. And then we have unspecified eating disorder where you can find in there like orthorexia. Um, so they are a very mm -hmm. serious mental il illness um, with a diagnosis. And I always picture them like as almost like an onion, like they're multifactorial. So someone doesn't develop an eating disorder based on one thing, like gen genetics are involved also the personality type, the environment that we're in, the modeling of um, other people who have eating disorders. So they're a multifactual um, diagnosis. Absolutely. And what's the difference between eating disorder um, or I guess eating disorders versus disordered yeah. eating? Um, so the biggest difference is really like di diagnosis criteria. So eating disorders are diagnosed. That being said, like the have diagnosed criteria is where disordered eating is um, typically like before an eating disorder. So it's not necessarily a full out eating disorder. People don't fall within all the diagnosis criteria, but definitely their relationship to food and their body is impacted and interferes with their life. Um, so there is a difference in terms of level of care and treatment. However, we also know that many disorders go undiagnosed. So if someone is struggling with their relationship to food or to their body um, and don't have a diagnosis, like it doesn't mean that, you know, they're not sick enough or shouldn't get help because unfortunately, like many, many people do go undiagnosed. Um, so there is a different level of mm -hmm. care, but also either way, they're both um, in both cases, we do need support and help to get through it. Of course. Do you find um, in your practice, um, what's the age range or is there an age range? I wonder with social media and all the pressure on kids being skinny and like, you know, I, I wonder if you yeah, see a lot so of that. Eating disorders um, affect like all genders, all sexes um, and all like age, right? So there's not an age range necessarily but we do see them very, very young. Um, I see kids uh, starting at eight years old with um, eating disorders. Um, I tend to see a lot of kids in my practice. So from eight to 16, um, and the prevalence is going up, especially with COVID. So with COVID, we do see that um, prevalence of eating disorders are increasing rapidly, but social media. Why um, is that? With COVID itself, um, so oftentimes eating disorders are used as a way to cope. Um, they are like an issue itself, but often, oftentimes they're actually there as a way for us to cope with difficult emotions. So when things are happening in our lives, maybe discomfort in our body, feeling unsafe in our body, the eating disorder can come and support us and help us in a way, which is um, funny to think about because mm -hmm. often we'll think like, you know, eating disorders are not helpful. It's not something that we want, but in that time, they are effective in helping us cope through those hard times. With COVID, a lot of these situations have been um, increased, right? Like the needing to cope, maybe our coping mechanisms being taken away from us, the uncertainty of everything, the isolation that can lead to using our eating disorder a little bit more to cope with the difficult times. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, as I'm hearing with different practitioners, I'm hearing different, you know, sides were, uh, especially when it comes to like mental health and food and relationship with food. We have, you know, um, people like you who specialize in eating disorders and, um, you know, people seeing people that struggle with that. And then we have people who struggle on the other side, emotional eating and weight gain and the opposite side. So um, it's so, um, you know, crazy that how our mental well-being and our you know has has effect on our relationship oh, with food oh, so many that's and for I'm, sure like my belief is that we can't talk about nutrition without talking about psychology because very very little um, humans will only eat for nourishment without anything else right like food is so emotionally loaded so it's really important to, to talk about these things like how we're using food as a way to cope or using restriction as a way to cope Absolutely. So what is the role of a registered dietitian in eating disorder yeah, recovery? The dietitian plays a very important role when we think of eating disorders. As eating disorders involve, you know, our relationship to food, but our behaviors around food as well. So as dietitian, we are trained to support individuals in the medical nutrition therapy. So whether you have anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorder, any type of eating disorders, there is medical nutrition interventions that we can do to support you. We do help too with the reverse effect of starvation. When your body goes through a stress, such as an eating disorders, um, we can use food as a way to restore and help you through that. Um, dietitian also play a really big role in demystifying myths around food. So our eating disorder um, often have different beliefs around food, right? We often take diet culture beliefs and kind of push it to the extreme. So with our clients, we are able to break down those food rules and demystify like what is true versus not true around food. And then we really work on that reconnection to our body. So learning to you know, listen to our hunger cues, to our fullness cues, um, if there's any damages to the metabolism, repairing damages to uh, metabolism, working on our body image. Um, and we can definitely help um, like the support members. So either the family, the parents, the caregivers to help someone through the recovery as well, support during mealtimes. We know with eating disorders, mealtimes are some of the trigger, the most triggering times. So we can build a support system around those times as well to support the recovery. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what are some red flags uh, for eating disorder or disorder eating? When is time to yeah. get help? So there is many, there are different red flags. The NEDA um, website has a good questionnaire there that you can definitely go through. Um, when we think of red flags, things that we want to, to think about is, you know, how often do I think about food in my body? Is it always on top of mine? Do my thoughts about food or my body impede my ability to participate in activities with people or being social? Do I fear um, gaining weight? And will that like, impact my, my behaviors? Um, do I have obsessive thoughts about losing weight or changing my body or feeling like our worth is based on our body? Um, do we feel ashamed or guilt when we eat? Are we scared of losing control when we eat? Do we feel like we need to deserve food or move our body in order to deserve food? 
Do we tend to sneak food or eat in secret? Um, these are all types mm -hmm. of questions that we can start asking ourselves to see like, okay, how is my relationship to food? And is there areas that we need to work on? With getting help, something that's really important is that we are all entitled to getting help and to getting the support that we need. Whether you have a diagnostic or not, um, if you are struggling with your relationship with food, if food and body is on top of mind, if it's becoming obsessive for you, you do definitely um, deserve the help you need, right? Like life is so much more than just food and body. So we want to be able to explore that. Absolutely, 100%. Um, Mary, as you know, at Prompt Health, um, our platform uh, enables connecting people to health professionals like yourselves based on need. And we realize under the umbrella of like nutrition or mental health, there's so much more, right? So, so we, um, eating disorder being part of it, do you find um, that people struggling um, with disordered eating or eating disorder know where to start? Um, how hard, how easy is it to navigate that? Like if, if, you know, if I'm struggling or my child is struggling, um, where do I begin? Do I just go look for a dietitian or nutritionist and who specializes in eating disorder? You know, uh, yeah, what's your definitely. experience with I that? I find it's very, sometimes it gets very confusing and overwhelming. Um, we live right now in a society that um, praises a lot of those eating disorder patterns, right? Like diets in general and praising um, these types of disordered eating behaviors. So it is definitely hard. And there's also a lot of misinformation. So the first step will definitely, mm -hmm. if you're, you know, either you or your child like, is having an issue with the relationship with food and body would be to contact a, uh, a dietitian or a health professional that is specialized in eating disorders. As with any, um, mm -hmm. you know, different domains, we all have our different expertise. We can't be experts in everything. Um, so as dietitian, um, you know, we each specialize in different areas. So having someone who specializes in eating disorders or eating that can understand that and help you through that will be very, very important for you in that situation. Yeah. 100%. And we're, we're, we're trying to solve yes. that. So hopefully, fingers <laughs> crossed. <laughs> Um, now, if you had to leave us with one takeaway uh, from our conversation, uh, yeah, what would I think that be? The biggest takeaway, or just for everybody to know, is that we all deserve to have food freedom, which means that we all deserve to feel good around food, to, to trust our body around food, to trust ourselves around food, to understand how to nourish our body. Um, and we all deserve to feel good in our bodies. Um, this is something that, you know, we may think like, oh, the only way for me to feel good is to shrink my body. But the truth is that it's not. We do know that body image is not increased by shrinking our body, but by working on body image, um, unconditional of our body size. So if there's one takeaway is that we all deserve to have that great relationship to food and to our body. And it, those are the two relationships in our lives that we can't let go of. Like forever and ever, we have to live in our body. And we have to eat food every day. So it's so important to have a healthy relationship to both our body and to food. 
so important and uh, a beautiful way to end this conversation. Um, uh, where can people find you for those who want to learn more and find more resources uh, yeah, with so what you're offering? Find me on Instagram at the balanced dietitian, or they can find me um, on the web at thebalancedietitian.com. Balance is with a D and dietitian is spelled with a T. Um, and I'd be super happy. We have mm -hmm. a team of dietitians working one-on-one -on -one with eating disorders, um, as well as group programs to kind of help with the COVID time as well and build the sense of community. Of course. And you offer like yes, virtual exactly. programs too, Everything right? Everything is still virtual with COVID. We'll remain virtual, I think, for a little bit. <laughs> um, I think so. I think there's definitely a shift on everything um, we're doing definitely. these days this 2020 has been a growing year <laughs> absolutely well thank you so much for joining us this was very helpful a great learning and oh, uh, we you appreciate so your time you've been listening to the prompt help podcast you can follow us on instagram facebook LinkedIn, or YouTube, and check us out on our website, prompthelp.ca. Subscribe for free to keep listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen from. Ratings and reviews would mean the absolute world to us. And tell your friends, Prompt Help is the next big thing. Find similar episodes every Sunday. Until next time.